0: How many of you are ready for the word of God today? Man, God's word's about to change your life, come on. It's not about what I'm about to say. I, I just stick, stand behind the word, let the word speak for itself. God is going to change your life today. You did not come to sit in church. You are the church. Come on now. And God has a word for your life. His word created the universe. That same word that you're about to hear, that word of God, that inspired anointed word of God, put stars in the sky. Amen. It shaped our physical realm, our universe, and it will shape your life right now. God is about to speak to you. Are you in expectation right now? We've got, the Bible says, be it done unto you according to your faith. If you just want to hear a cutesy devotion, that's all you're going to get. But if you came to hear from God, you will hear from God. He will make sure you get exactly what you need today. Let me tell you where I'm going, and then I'll bring you there. At the end of the service, we're going to have an extended time here at the altars or spread out wherever you feel comfortable. We're going to turn this whole sanctuary into a meeting place with God. I'm going to set you up to have some time with Jesus. Is that okay? Can you kind of position your mind to not just rush out, but to say, you know what? I need to hear from Jesus. I need Jesus to pour in to this soul today, your mind, your will, your emotions. So I'm going to build your faith through the scriptures, but by the end of this day, it's you and God that are going to have some time together. And so just take that time, enjoy it. Don't rush out. When God's done with you, you'll know. You'll know when he's done. Don't, don't, uh, don't leave half done amen god wants to say when you get to heaven well done not medium rare right come on now get well done today so you give jesus some time so hopefully you have your bibles grab a notebook if you're not used to taking notes it's something i recommend in every service and i will pause to get give you opportunity to get ready maybe you're at home today man participate even there. our prayer even in the back with all of our technology team and our volunteers we were back there asking god that maybe those in their apartments, in their living rooms, that you would not miss a beat, that you would feel as if you're caught up into what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. But you have to be willing to get aggressive about that. You have to be willing to push through the distractions of being at home right? The text messages, the bills over here, the, the house stuff that's got to be done, the things. You lock in. You go grab your Bible. You grab a notebook. And when we have time with Jesus, I encourage you, you make an altar somewhere in your house. Amen? You make an altar in your kitchen. You make an altar in your bedroom. If you need to move positions and go lock yourself in your prayer closet, maybe a physical walk-in closet, it's fine. But we will all encounter God today. We didn't come to play games. We, this world and what we're going through right now, we don't need just services we need God amen we need God to pour in we need God's presence we need God's word today and he's available that's what I want to excite you about today he's not withholding he wants us just to grab a hold of all we want you can have as much of God as you want today amen how many of you want a lot how many of you want a lot amen then let's go get a lot so today I'm already excited so I got to give you my title because that's the proper way to do this Unaccompanied minor. We're in a series called Flight Plan. And you go to the airport and you'll see sometime a young person, you know, maybe six, seven, eight, nine, 10, whatever, 11 years old, and they don't have their parent or their legal guardian with them. And so they consider them an unaccompanied minor, but they're really not unaccompanied. They have stewardesses and flight attendants and people. Pilots leave them come out and make sure that they take ownership of them and that's the word for you today, is that you are not an unaccompanied minor, though you may think that's that's on a tag on you right now, like somehow you're alone in what you're going through, because the devil loves to make you feel like you're alone. Your brain likes to tell you you're the only one, you know, even prophets of God, even Elijah could go and, and, and feel like they're the only one and they're alone. The devil loves to make you feel isolated, disconnected from God, disconnected from the body of Christ. And so I have this mission today. I have this resounding phrase in my spirit for you today. If you remember nothing I say except this one phrase and that is this, you are not alone. You are not alone. It's not just that you're not alone because yes, other people are being touched by the same, difficulties and challenges and trials all of us in this world are going through some tough stuff all of our stories are challenging and difficult but it's not just you're not alone in being in a tough spot right now or going through something tough but you're not alone in that tough spot that's what we're trying to talk about today not just sharing each other's burdens by saying, yeah, we're all going through something. I wanna help us see who you're going through this with. You are not going through this on your own. God himself is not just trusting you with an angel or another spirit from God. He is trusting you only with himself. Look how precious you are to God today you are not alone. If that word can heal you, if that word can put your heart at peace and set you free today, does it matter what you feel? Does it matter what you see right now? See, that's why God's word has to remind us, because our physical senses and our minds will lie to us. The enemy will lie to us. Circumstances will lie to us. But God's word is true. Amen. And so, God is telling you, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what other people think or say or are talking about right now, you are not alone. God Himself is with you. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of John, chapter 14. The book of John, chapter 14. I love this scripture when Jesus is again reassuring us. He's He's about to ascend, and he's getting his disciples ready for all this kind of change and transition that's happening, and many of us feel like we've just been in this constant season for this last year of change and transition. But the Bible tells us here in John chapter 14, we're going to start at verse 18, Jesus speaking. He says, I will not abandon you as orphans. Can you hear that and receive that today? This is God's word, this is Jesus speaking to us. I will not abandon you as orphans. That means there's gonna be times like you feel abandoned and God knew that. Jesus knew that those feelings would come into our lives but I will not abandon you. I will come to you soon, the world will no longer see me but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live and when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me and I am in you. The Lord himself is in you, which means wherever you are, God is there with you. Jesus is there with you in the middle of it. Isn't it great that he doesn't just sit in heaven and watch us from a distance? Amen. But through the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, through the person of the Holy Spirit... God is with you, Jesus is with you, God on the throne, Jesus at his right hand, but the Holy Spirit is right here with you right now, wherever you are, you are not alone. doesn't matter what you think, what you feel, or what's going on around you, you are not alone. Now, it's interesting, the Lord wouldn't have to tell us these things if he didn't realize that circumstances were going to be tough sometimes. See, sometimes we wait for circumstances to tell us or confirm to us that God's with us because we think when things are going good, God is with us. And we think when things are going bad, well, he must have left. But the whole reason these scriptures are here is because God knew and he was letting us know that circumstances sometimes were going to look like God isn't there. But it doesn't matter what it looks like around us because God is with you. God is with you. And he's not making it hard to be with you either. He's not making it difficult for you to get him to come. He is more eager to be with you than you even want him to be there sometimes we pray like we're begging God to, God, please be with me, God is with you. Let's declare that he's with us, amen. Rather than begging him to come, he wants you to realize he is there. And to pray like he is there and to walk like he is there despite what we feel, despite what we see, because this too shall pass, this situation, this challenge, this thing we're walking through, God will make a way. You are not doing this on your own, amen. God is with you. Another scripture I wanna bring to your attention today is in Deuteronomy, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament, I love it. From the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, there's this resounding, theme that God is trying to reveal himself to us. God is trying to let you know he wants to be with you. God is with you, he's made covenants with you. He's not letting you do any of this on your own. Even when we failed in the Garden of Eden as mankind and sin, right away God went to work to get us back, to get back into our world again, to get back into our lives again. God wants to be with us, be with us. Deuteronomy chapter 31, We're gonna read from verse eight, but you can really go back there later today. That's why I ask you to write these things down in your notes, because there's so much to to glean from these chapters in the Bible. But in Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses, some of you are familiar with Moses, some of you might be new to church. You might not know all these names, and so I'd like to kind of give you some context. God's people Israel had been in Egypt for like 450 years, and they were enslaved at that time, and God brought them out with a great deliverer named Moses, Moses was then leading them through the wilderness to their promised land. They became afraid, they ran away from their promised land and they were wandering in the desert for like 40 years. And now God was ready to transition Moses to heaven and he was ready to transition Joshua into leadership and he was ready to transition Israel finally into all these covenant promises, this beautiful land that he had promised them for generations, back to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So this is kind of this moment where Moses is saying his last words to the people and saying his last words to Joshua. And again, he was reminding them because in seasons of transition, sometimes we think it's, it's lonely or it, where's God? And we can get a little nervous or have a little anxiety like about moving over from one season to another season. And God is sitting here saying, you don't even change seasons on your own. You are not alone. You're not alone when you're in the fire. You're not alone when you're in the flood. You're not, in, you're not alone when you're in transition. Some of you are transitioning from job to job right now. Some of you are transitioning from single to married. Some, are married. Some of you are married. Tra- We're all transitioning from one church leadership to a new church leadership. And God is the one leading us. Amen. And he will not leave us or forsake us. Amen. He's, this is a work of God. And so he's all around if we'll just watch. He's all around if we'll just see and notice and pay attention. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be dismayed. Can you just say amen to the word right there? It is the Lord who goes before you, I love that. It's not even just an angel, it is God. God is like, I am leading you in this moment. I am leading you in this transition. I am leading you into your fulfillment and your fulfillment of promises. I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I also think it's important, I was thinking about this today in the car on the way here. You know, sometimes we we troubles and challenge you know, we can hear this message that you're not alone and, and we're transitioning into new seasons and to covenant promises and all these things. And we're like, thank you, God, that we're not alone, that, that we're not doing this on our own. But I really felt the Lord kind of remind me today as well on the way here that even if you're transitioning into a, from one prosperous season to another prosperous season, like God has blessed your business right now and you're thriving, and your education has been really coming in right now and it's really revealing itself to be a powerful tool and, and all of the skills of your hand and all of the wisdom and knowledge and, and, and abundance that's coming into your life, I just felt a pause in my heart today to remind you that you, you're not building that wealth or that kingdom on your own either. Sometimes when we're in trouble, it's easy to say, oh, we need God, I'm not alone. God is with me. But I felt in my heart today compelled to say, even in your prosperity, do not forget that it is God who went before you. It is God that blessed you. It is God that has favored you. So it's good to have an education. It's good to be great at your craft and all that stuff. But as much today as I want to encourage those who feel a little lonely or a little fearful, I want to remind some of us that we don't get into that place where we're patting ourselves on the back when we're in a good season, that it is God, God who is with us and God who keeps us. Someone give praise and glory to God today. To God today. Amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Can we go back to the New Testament? Is that all right? Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, see your Bibles get a workout here. Isn't that great? I like to get them nice and floppy by the time we're done because they're being used. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look into verse 10 i want to remind you today because sometimes a preacher or pastor can come up here and say oh you're not alone and and you think it's just us saying something nice or man that's just positive. positive first of all i want to tell you that we always lean not on our understanding when it comes to a message and so if god is speaking that message it's because god is tapping us on the shoulders saying say these words because these are my words for them today So it is not engineered, I hope and pray from the mind of a person, but it's being led by the spirit. So which means God is speaking into this moment today. If you can take it as that, as God orchestrating this moment for your feet, your ears, your spirit, your heart to hear this. And you can say, this is not a message from a person. This is God's word to me today. God wants to encourage you because when God speaks something and his word goes out, he also puts the power to perform and create that word into that word that he's giving you today. Are you understanding this? And so it's not just words, it's God and his power in those words to perform and produce what he said. And so today isn't just me saying, oh, isn't it nice, God is with you. The real reason we can also be assured is that God has made a covenant to be with us. God has made greater than a promise. In his own blood, he made covenant with you to say you can have hope in this world come on this is more than a preacher saying oh that's a good message a good quote God is with you no there is a legal deed a legal contract in the heavenlies signed in the blood of Jesus God put on flesh died on a cross his blood was shed to ratify a covenant with you so it's not just a feel-good message, it's a proclamation of a spiritual law of principles that no demon, no circumstance can take away from you. You may not always feel the Constitution, but it's there, amen. You may not always feel the legal side of things, but it's there. God has a, has a, has a, has a testament, a covenant with you. And that's where Ephesians chapter 2, I wanted to bring your eyes back to this Again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse, I'm going to start in verse, where do I want to start? That was kind of loud on there, wasn't it? I want to start with you in verse 11, I think would be a better place for me to start than what I had. Nope, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. See, God is doing the work in your life. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he's planned for us to do long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles... Now, a Gentile, if you're not familiar with that language, was anyone that was non-Jewish back during that period of time. So most of us would fall underneath that category. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Now, I want you to underline that in your Bibles, if you would, please. Used to be an outsider. You are not an outsider. Not anymore. You're not on the outside looking in. Have you ever been on the outside of a window looking in at something that you wanted? right, like an ice cream store or something, you're like, hey, you know, you're not on the outside looking in. You're on the inside track, and you didn't put yourself on the inside. You're God's masterpiece. We didn't earn our way inside the blessing. We didn't earn our way inside the covenant. We didn't earn our way into the room. We were placed there because God willed it. God wanted you there. Come on. This is why we serve him. This is why we worship him. There is reasons why we worship him. He is a good, good God. He is a good, good father. He is a good protector, a good provider, a great savior. Amen. Amen. You were called uncircumcised. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. Now, what does that come from? Well, uncircumcised meant without covenant. The circumcision, if you go Jewish history, was a covenant sign between God, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the Jewish nations, that that sign of circumcision meant they had cut a blood covenant with God. And so when it uses the phrase uncircumcised, it was referring to the fact that you didn't have a covenant as a Gentile. Your family didn't have a covenant. Your your nation, your, your tribe, your people, whatever, did not have a covenant. They would call you uncircumcised. That's what that phrase was. You didn't have a covenant. And they were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. Now underline this, you were. I want you to see the past tense. You were, you were, you were. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenants of promise that God had made to them. You lived in this world without God. Why? Because you didn't have a covenant. And without hope, but now, come on. See, all of that was just said. You didn't know the covenants. You didn't have the covenants. You were in this world and you didn't have any hope in this world. So every war, every plague, every famine, every impoverished uh, you know, weapon that came through the land, you were on your own, but now. So let's start living here now, right? Let's stop acting like we're non-covenant. Let's stop acting like God isn't with us. Let's stop acting like there isn't a promise. You know, for every problem, there's a promise. For every problem, there's a promise. And so now that promise was signed, sealed, and delivered by Jesus on the cross. Sometimes we don't know what that cross represented. It is finished. It finished everything you were going to need. But now, but now. You're no, you're no longer without hope in the world. Doesn't matter what happens in the world, you have hope. Come on. Doesn't matter what happens in the world, you have hope. How many of you feel like you have hope? Raise your hand right now, real quick. I have hope. You say it, I have hope. I am not alone. I have a covenant. And in that covenant, for every problem, there's a promise. There's provision, there's healing, there's peace, there's salvation, there's deliverance, there's protection. Amen. But now you have been united with Christ. That's why you have covenant. It's because it's all in Christ. That's why you have hope. Because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus. Don't you love that? It's not even that you in your own effort, you know, climb some mountain to God. Through the blood of Jesus, God took right where you were, right in the dirt, right in the sin, right in the addiction, and through Christ's blood, he brought you to himself. He brought you into the room. He brought you into the covenant, which is why we know we are not alone and we can have hope in this world. You know, there's two stories in the book of Daniel Just to remind us today, I love stories. Bible stories were always my thing as a kid growing up. Anyone ever remember Superbook? Four or five of you? Raise your hand if you remember Superbook. Superbook? Superbook was this cartoon where these kids had like these half apple pie mouths where they kind of opened up like a semi-circle and they got sucked into the Bible, which I guess in some ways could be terrifying as a six year old watching this, but it was cool. They got sucked into the pages of the Bible And they saw the word come to life. And two of my favorite stories were were these two that I want to remind you today. One is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, found in Daniel chapter 3. You can write it down, look it up later. The king of Babylon at that time had set up a big statue and said, You have to bow down and worship me. They said, No, we only bow down to God. So the king said, Well, you're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. And so they were, they were getting ready to throw in the fiery furnace, and the king gave them one more opportunity to bow down and worship him, and they said, no, we're not going to. We only worship God. Perhaps God will even be with us in the furnace and rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow. Don't you love that spirit of commitment, that spirit that says, you know what, we're going through stuff right now, and no matter what happens, we know our God's faithful, and we're going to be faithful to God. And so the king got really mad and he cranked up the fire of the furnace to the point that when they opened the door to throw the three Hebrew children in, the soldiers that were about to throw them in, they died. The fire was so hot it killed the guards. And they threw the three children, Hebrew children, into the fire. And the Bible says they were bound you know, when they went in. And the king all of a sudden looks into the furnace and he says, how many people did we throw into that fire? And they said, we threw three in. And he said, Well, I don't see three, I see four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Amen? Come on. The Bible says that the only thing that was burned up was their chains, their bonds. They didn't even smell like smoke when they came out. That picture today is for all of us because you might be in the fire right now. You know, I wish the covenant sometimes kept us from going through the fire, but the covenants keep us inside the fire. They don't keep you in there, like keep you there, but they keep you, like protect you and, and provide for you, and, and they let you know God is with you in the fires. Isn't it great that God is willing to go in the fire with us? He doesn't just look at you and say, hey, I'll catch you on the way out. And so much is going on in that fire. Some of our own bondages get melted off when we go through times of pressure, come on. Some of our own chains get broken off, but something else happens too. The world gets to see God with us, protecting us in the middle of times of challenge, in the middle of times of crisis, so that when they go through crisis, they know that same God will be in their fire too. And I just felt very compelled today to remind you, God is with you even in the fire. Daniel chapter six, another short story, is book of Daniel himself, prophet, man of God, did nothing wrong except worship God publicly. He was thrown into a lion's den because that was against the law. Sometimes we get thrown into fires and into lion's dens not because you did something wrong. Again, I want to challenge that thought that if you're going through a fire or you're going through a lion's den or you're going through a flood that you're always like, God, you've left me. Why are you mad at me? Some of God's favorite people have gone through fires, floods, and lion's dens. Amen? And again, don't you wish some of our, in our flesh, we wish God would have kept us out of the lion's den. But God didn't keep him out of the lion's den. He went into the lion's den with him. The Bible says that God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. So you may be going through, people may have put you in a position of great difficulty. They may have lied about you. They may have challenged you at work. You may have opposition from every side, not just COVID. We got people to deal with too. Come on now. I mean, on top of just COVID, we got just people. But yet God is with you in the fire. He's with you in the flood. He's with you in the lion's den. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 43, verse two, please write this in your notes because you're going to want to memorize this one. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Again, the covenant doesn't keep you out of the fire. The covenant doesn't keep you out of the den. The covenant doesn't keep you out of the flood. But the covenant is God with us and helping us to be overcomers and we will make it through that fire. You will make it through this season. You will make it through this flood. You have God with you, amen. Your covenant is that God is with you. Let's remember the name of Jesus, right? Let's remember what the angels said when Jesus was born. Let's remember the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. And when Jesus was born upon the earth, that one of the names referring to Jesus, Matthew 1, 22 through 23, is this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they shall call him, amen which means God is with us. Even in the name, prophetically, when Jesus coming to the earth, God wanted his people to know that God is with us. God is with you. Amen. Matter of fact, that's one of the exciting things about the gospel message of any other religion, of any other faith, is this, is that God was separated from us. We were separated from him based on our sin. And that God made the first move towards us. God was not satisfied with us being separated from him. And the message is this that God wants to be with us. And he did whatever that needed to be done so that he could have a covenant with you to say, I will never have to leave you or forsake you again. See, in Jesus, every reason that God would have to withdraw from you has been paid for in Jesus. Do you see that? Sometimes we can say, oh, God's with me when I'm behaving well. We still put ourselves back into that place of earning it. But you know what? Even when you didn't behave great today, because your faith is in Jesus, God is still with you. Because, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes when you're in the fire, as much as I want to say I'm a man of faith, and I'm like, oh, the fire is amazing. I just worshiped all day. That's a lie. I binge watched Netflix because I was depressed. Come on now. Don't you wish you could say, oh, you, you handled it amazing. You, all you spoke was the word of God. No, there were some other things. <laughs> Come on. Sn- snippy with the kids, snippy with your spouse, whatever. Sometimes you even might have fallen into some, you know, fear and discouragement coming out of your mouth, right? But my faith is in Jesus. Amen. So all the reasons that God would have to withdraw if my faith is in Jesus, then by covenant, he is still present. He is still there. Even when I'm not on my best day, yeah. performance-wise, he is still there. I really think we just need to pause right there and just give Jesus praise for that. Would you just, uh, just thank you that you are still there, even when I don't deserve it? Because there are times, even as a Christian, I don't behave great. I don't behave perfect. But every reason of why you would withdraw is, has been paid for. And by covenant in Jesus, you're still with me in my fire, in my flood. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. I encourage you with this while you're walking through your fire, walking through your flood, walking through your challenge. Whatever the promise is that God has for you, ready to be fulfilled. Because remember what we said, for every problem there is a promise, but sometimes promises take time. How many of you ever experienced that before? God made you a promise, but you're in the journey waiting for that promise to come to pass, right? So even though the promise and breakthrough may take time, I love this, we have access to his immediate presence while we wait for the fulfillment. Of his promise we have access to his immediate presence while we wait for the fulfillment of his promise that's where we are today that's this moment we're getting ready to go into at the altars to pray and be with the Lord look I can't tell you that the fire is gonna go away by the end of this service some of you it might well hallelujah for you some of us the fire may still be a few months in front of us the flood may be there for a couple more weeks who knows but you know what is immediate the presence of God. His promise is immediate and his presence, that sense that you are not alone, is immediate in the middle of whatever. So it doesn't matter how long the fire lasts. Because I'm not outlasting the fire of my own strength, I am sheltered in the hands of the Almighty. Come on, I have a covenant with Jesus and he's with me in the fire, he's with me in the flood. Last scripture, Psalms 23 which is actually the verse that we're gonna sing over you. It's a beautiful song and you probably don't know it. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. So when I invite you to go get a place with Jesus, you're gonna to listen to the words and it's going to, it's, we're gonna sing Psalms 23 over you. And as your spirit engages and those of you watching at home, ready? You made a promise. You made a promise that you would engage during this end time here. Don't click off on Facebook. Don't click off on YouTube. This is your moment as well. All of this has been leading to this moment. Not just to hear a word and say, oh, that was nice, but to now allow this word to work through you, to work in you and through you, to do something in you. So open your Bibles, go ahead, open them up, Psalms 23. I'll I'll wait. Open your Bibles. Let's get comfortable using our Bibles. Psalms 23, and don't just try to recite it from memory. I'll read it to you through the New Living Bible. Yours may be a little different, but that's okay. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that great? He doesn't trust you to someone else. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. Some of you, that's where you are today. I don't want you to feel bad today if you're looking around saying, man, that's me. I'm actually in a really good place right now. That is awesome. And that's part of the promise. Praise God, enjoy your rest. And for some of you that are going through a challenge, the Bible's about to encourage you too. But if you're in a place of rest and you end up in a place of challenge in a few weeks, don't worry about it. Because the same God's gonna be with you. The same God that was your shepherd in the good places is the same God that's gonna shepherd you in the difficult places. Amen. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. I pray that's what God does to you today. God, renew your strength the Holy Spirit breathe life into your tired legs, into your tired heart and spirit, that he renews your strength. Sometimes we feel like we got to do that. I've got to renew my strength. i got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. No, you got to put yourself at the feet of the Spirit of God and let God renew your strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I love how the Bible lets us know ahead of time. Why does God let us know ahead of time? So we're not surprised in the middle of it. God told you you're going to go through times of dark valleys. And he's still your good shepherd. I love that God warns us. He warns us not for us to be afraid, but for us to know what to do. For us to know what to do. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I'd like to help you see something real quick. There, are, there can be a mindset that says, oh man, when this COVID season is over, then dot, dot, dot. I love here that God says, I know how to prepare a feast for you in the middle of the dark valley, in the middle of the presence of enemies. God doesn't have to wait for all the enemies to go away before he prepares a banquet for you, before he gives you a place of provision, a place of rest, a place of, of fulfill, fulfillment and abundance. Stop putting off your joy. Stop putting off your life to, to waiting for the news to give you permission of when you could live again. The news to give you permission when you can have joy again. Oh, I wonder if today's the day that COVID's gone. It doesn't matter what day COVID is gone because you have the presence of God with you. You have the abundance and the promises and the covenants of God with you. So you don't have to wait for someone to tell you when you can be happy, when you could be fulfilled, when you can be at peace. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he even knows how to bring you honor and anointing to anoint your head you're anointed to be in this valley right now he anoints your head with oil he didn't anoint your head with oil by the green pastures and still waters he anointed your head you have an you have an ability you have an empowerment right here in the middle of this crisis i believe you're anointed in the middle of this crisis so you can help break other people's chains that are in the middle of this crisis with us you need an anointing to do the call of God on your life. Amen, we don't need an anointing to like eat figs by the river. We need an anointing to take out giants. We need an anointing to break yokes and destroy bondages. And we can do that in the middle of the furnace, in the middle of the flood, in the middle of the darkest valleys. Why, because there's other people in that fire, there's other people in that flood, there's other people in that valley, and you are anointed. He anoints your head with oil, your cup overflows with blessing, surely, goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I love thee all the days of my life, not the good days, but the good days and the tough days. His goodness and mercy is there if you'll look for it. His goodness and mercy is there today if you'll look for it. Amen. All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. How many of you are ready to declare that today? The Lord is my shepherd. Put your hand up real high. The Lord is my shepherd. Go ahead and stand up. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do. Now I can't make you do anything, but I can suggest something. I suggest that you go ahead and move out of your current seat and find a place in the room. The, The wings over here, you got lots of space, lots of space over here, lots of space up here, over there. You can even go up into the galleries Maybe for you, walking is a difficult thing, so just by faith, take one step over to a different seat so you can change position. And we're going to sing a song about Psalms 23. Go ahead, you can move, go ahead, it's okay. It's a good thing. It doesn't have to be perfect and orderly. You can just move and take your time, that's fine. And we're gonna sing Psalms 23 over you. And I want you to find a place to listen and find a place to worship right now in the middle of your fire, right now in the middle of your flood, amen? Teen Challenge, you guys can do this with us. You don't have to be on the outside looking in. You can move around and find a place. God brought you here too, to talk to you, to speak to you. And I believe that God is going to hover over you today. Your good shepherd is gonna breathe life into you and restore your soul today. You can find spots anywhere you'd like. And I want you to hear this song I want you to begin as you learn it to sing back to the Lord this song because right in the middle of your fire, right in the middle of your flood, as you begin to confess this, it's going to change your whole attitude. It's going to change your mindset because you're going to begin to declare what God has declared over your life rather than just what you have been declaring over your life. So we're gonna lead you into this. At the conclusion of this song, I'm gonna ask Maria, my wife, to come up. She's gonna pray over you and intercede over you, and we're gonna break some things off of you, and we're gonna prophesy over you in Jesus' name, and we're gonna let God have a moment with us because that's what you came for today, to hear from God, all right? This is a house of worship. You're not quite dismissed yet. The service isn't quite over. Those of you at home, come on, do this with us. Don't just sit there and watch this moment go by. Embrace it. Receive something from the Lord. Pastor Josue, would you lead us today? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.